Hey y'all, hey, what's up? It's your girl, Jamee. Welcome back to the Blonde Misfit Podcast. We are a fashion, beauty, lifestyle, entrepreneurial podcast, all seen and spoken through the eyes, the lens, the ears, the hearts, whatever, of this misfit. Um, so excited to be doing this podcast episode, y'all, because I have not dropped an episode in a minute. Um, I'm going to, well, I don't even think I'm going to do another episode that's going to talk specifically about why I've been away because not too long ago, I dropped an episode all about burnout. And even though I am happy to report that I have been able to kind of get myself out of that burnout stage and, you know, have really been enforcing boundaries to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. What that also means is those boundaries, baby, like I've gone like overboard with the boundary setting to the point almost where it's like, okay, certain things that even if they still bring me joy, if they require more than a certain amount of work, and if I can't allocate enough energy to that work, I've just been sort of like giving myself that time. So across the board are different things, whether it's been the podcast, it's been social posting on social media, it's been even getting out our email newsletter, like all of those things have unfortunately had to suffer a little bit. But this is what I'll say about that. I believe that every entrepreneur at some point, you have to start thinking about intentionality. And you also have to think about if it's purposeful um, versus if it's just performative, right? And I mean, we're going to talk about that a lot in today's episode, because I just wanted to quickly do this because I always usually do a recap after the fashion week season or fashion month season, I guess. When this podcast episode is going up, we just finished going through London or like London Fashion Week is finishing up. So we're actually like smack dab in the middle still of what's going on. But I wanted to talk about some of the trends that I've noticed, uh, how the Blonde Misfit covered New York, and then obviously the Met Gala closed off New York Fashion Week. And I wanted to share my thoughts with you guys there as well. So before I hop into everything, please make sure that you are helping us continue this conversation, share this podcast with anybody else you know who is a fellow fashion, beauty, or entrepreneur, like shit lover, I guess, <laughs> um, and someone who just kind of would love to benefit, you know, from listening to another podcast and getting a new podcast on their radar. Um, also, make sure you check us out on Instagram at The Blonde Misfit. Our second account is The Blonde Misfit Agency, where we kind of cu- curate a little bit more of like the lifestyle part um, of the content that we cover. And then obviously, maybe check out TheBlondeMisfit.com, right? Like, duh. Uh, so let's just first hop into, um, into New York Fashion Week. And so as, you, as many of you guys would know, uh, New York Fashion Week did happen this year. Um, the CFDA, who usually are like the uh, organizers of, of Fashion Week, they had already put out a schedule a few months ago saying like who was on the who was on deck, who was going to be presenting. But they also mentioned a couple of things in particular that was going to be different. First of all, because this was actually going to be in person, uh, attendees needed to be vaccinated and they needed to be able to show proof of vaccination. And then also they needed to have been vaccinated their second shot within 14 days of the event. So even if you had just been vaccinated, if you were like on day eight, nine, 10, 11, you, it was very likely that you probably were, probably were going to get turned away. Um, also, 
you know, on the one hand, they made a lot more, uh, a lot more events uh, public, right? So like you didn't need an invite or you didn't need to necessarily be tied to a certain media publication or whatever to get in there. But at the same time, they also made sure that like there were certain parameters in place. And from what I've also heard, some places, you know, where influencers or bloggers or whomever might have been able to get into those in past seasons, they actually couldn't this season. And so there's a lot of different things I feel about just sort of how it was done. Personally, I am someone who believes in the full enforcement of uh, vaccinated spaces only because we're not out of the thick of it, right? And um, this is not at all going to be a discussion about vaccinations versus um, unvaccinated uh, people. I That's not a conversation for me to have, especially not on my podcast. But what I will say is that um, outside of the vaccination, it was really interesting to me to see that because they wanted to enforce the policies of you know not too many people in a congregated area and stuff like that that they did start kind of being a little bit more selective about who could go to these events this was interesting to me because a lot of people have talked over the past like couple of years uh about like who deserves to be at fashion week right and on the one hand a lot of people will say like you know bloggers and influencers and, and etc like they are now sort of like the new uh like guardians of like that wall and they have more clout and more staying power than perhaps like a fashion editor at a magazine or a publication but at the same time um i again believe in intentionality and if someone with i don't know 200,000 followers on youtube is going to be at your event but they're not going to help build or push the business forward in any type of way other than just natural brand engagement by them posting a clip and everyone's like oh my god you look so cute I think that's what made a lot of a lot of brands this year figure out well who actually has the real power in these rooms it's always an interesting conversation for me because I obviously sort of sat and also sit in like that world in between right like so i am a i am an influencer i'm a blogger i work with brands and kind of create content in many ways but i also work in corporate and i do work for publications and i write for publications that have the power to move a lot of product whether it's revenue it's traffic it's brand awareness and so it's always been interesting for me to kind of switch those hats and sort of see what to expect or what we cannot expect. And New York Fashion Week was definitely one of those things. What does this mean for the influencer of tomorrow? I have absolutely no idea. Um, I personally think that up until, you know, into for the foreseeable future, I do think that we're going to continue to have mandates and um, a lot of I don't know, just a little bit more of a stricter policy as far as exposure. And I'm interested to see how that sort of resets the industry to kind of go back to maybe a little bit of its origins, which were things like fashion events and and uh, fashion week and things like that were are reserved for editors, stylists, um, lead directors, buyers, right? Like people who actually need to see these things because... Uh, you know, they're either working with clients or they're going to be servicing clients in some way, shape or form. People forget that the fashion industry is still a business. 
And so it's a lot of it is, you know, visual and a lot of it is like, oh, who's there and who's doing this and who's that. But all of those things always ladder up into this bigger context of like, yeah, but can this thing actually generate revenue? Because honestly, I'm telling you guys, uh, if you're not making any money, then according to the IRS and according to a lot of people, <laughs> you're not a business. So um, I just wanted to say that um, I, we did not cover as many shows this season as normal. We being the Blonde Misfits. It was a couple of reasons why. One, you know, I personally am just interested to see how brands kind of continue this conversation around not just sustainability, but like you know, last year we had a lot of really hard conversations around race, gender, equity, inclusion, diversity, belonging, all of these things. And while some brands did really, really well, uh, as far as like taking accountability of that, I think a lot of brands have backpedaled. And so to me, it just seems like I could sit here and show you all of the beautiful um glorious you know clothing that's coming down the runway but also I just want to sit back and see well what brands are really going to be make sure that they are inclusive for the long term what brands are having conversations for the long term who is partnering with black and brown um designers or founders or models or whomever for the long term you know I I was really interested uh, about this because um, a specific media brand that I will not name um, did a fashion awards during New York Fashion Week. And this is a media brand that, you know, a lot of industry people know because they usually cover Fashion Week content first. But they also kind of just kind of keep you up with like what's going on in the industry. Well, they when they had their fashion awards, I noticed that out of... I don't know, maybe 10 awards that they gave out that night. Only one of them was given to a woman of color slash black woman. And that was for a specific award in which I did not even agree that she she should have gotten it. Not because she wasn't deserving, but because uh, if you're going to call someone a breakthrough star, please don't let them have been on the scene for like 10 years. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I'm not saying names or anything like that. If you know, you know. If you don't, it's okay. You can follow along with the context of this story. So um, it was just interesting to me because, you know, these are all brands that have been having these conversations about like how we're going to do better. We're going to try. We're going to this. We're going to that. But then when you have the opportunity to, now we're starting to see this backpedaling. And so um, when it comes to New York Fashion Week, there were certainly some brands that that stood out to me. P um, Peter Doe. Um, Kenneth Nicholson were both brands that I love. Obviously, we are we already covered some of the larger name brands as well. And when I say larger, I mean like the more mainstream, like ready to wear uh, brands that people kind of just naturally know and recognize. But it was really important to me that we highlight a lot of designers that maybe not everyone knows, but they should, right? So Make sure you head over to theblondemisfit.com. A lot of our coverage is still up over there where we're kind of just working with IMAX Tree to show, to show you the visuals of it. Um, and I mean, honestly, you know, I've written show reviews for five, six years. Uh, and sometimes I just want the clothes to do the talking because I want just anyone out there to kind of get from it what they want to. So 
definitely check it out. Um, and so that's New York Fashion Week. So for you guys who did not know, this year the Met Gala was actually pushed to September. Uh, it's always in May. Hello, first Monday in May has a whole documentary around it, which if you have never watched, you should. It is one of my favorite documentaries. Um, that one and the September Vogue issue is just a really great documentary to just show you kind of the ins and outs of the fashion industry. But uh, because of COVID, it was it did not happen in May. It was pushed to September of this year. And to co- coincide with New York Fashion Week, it happened um, the last day slash the next day. And so, you know, there were a lot of different standouts. I actually was on a podcast episode the following day talking to BuzzFeed about my findings. And for those of you who did not know, uh, the Met Gala theme this year was all about like American fashion and a lot of people kind of went similar routes we saw a lot of Versace we saw a lot of Oscar de la Renta um we did not ironically see a lot of brands such as Tom Ford or Marc Jacobs which I was very surprised about because they if when I think about American fashion um and especially American men and male fashion um those two names certainly pop up in my mind uh, a lot of people tapped into like old Hollywood glamour some references were pretty immediate others you kind of had to do a little bit of digging but overall my thoughts were that I was extremely disappointed that more people did not take the route of highlighting more black Latinx and indigenous brands you know we saw one or two people who spoke who who wore some of the brands that like we're seeing today but I did not certainly see enough Telfar um Christopher John Rogers, uh, Brother Veli's, Tracy Reese, um, even Off-White, and maybe perhaps like the new emergence of Louis Vuitton since uh, Virgil has taken over. I, we that, that They just weren't there. It just wasn't there. Um, Theophilio, Brandon um, Blackwood, just so many different names and brands that I just we just did not see enough of um not to say that we didn't see any right but we didn't see enough to me considering the amount of impact that uh black people have just had on American fashion and I was really interested more so in the black celebrities who came to the Met who decided not to do that um, including, you know, perhaps even someone like Rihanna, uh, who wore uh, Balenciaga Couture. And, you know, her story behind her outfit is one that is very interesting and it's very compelling. She definitely had some streetwear owed to it. But to me, I also think that there's opportunity to still execute on a look like that while wearing a black designer, while wearing a black female designer, um, designer, while wearing, you know, a designer who, uh, you know, comes from an immigrant household. And so it was just interesting to me, um, a lot of missed opportunities in that regard. Not to say that no one executed well, you know, we did see some very beautiful looks of the night and when I say beautiful I mean beautiful as in tackle the theme and then but also had an element of culture in there um but yeah the Met Gala is always a toss-up right sometimes you're just going to get pretty clothing and people who just want to be who are just happy to be there other times you'll get people who really kind of want to take risks to me I really want to see risk taking 
Um, whether that's just sort of like that out there outfit or it's out there in thought and philosophy. So that's really kind of it that I had. You know, I didn't want to go into it too much because um, if you want to know a little bit more, definitely check out um, BuzzFeed's Buzz Pop podcast where I'm on. You know, they do it daily. So you might have to go back a few to come find to find mine. If I, if I find the exact episode, I will link it down in the description below. Um, but yeah, it has been a very, very, very busy month, guys. September, we also launched an amazing partnership with QuickBooks for Latinx Heritage Month. Um, I am so, so proud of that work because it is the first time that I've done a campaign where I'm also speaking Spanish. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, speaking Spanish is easy for me, but it's speaking Spanish in a scripted way when like everything has to be very kind of like corporate button down, which is always a challenge. And so I am just first of all, proud of myself for stepping out of my own comfort zone and challenging myself to do something new and also kind of helping represent and re-describe this idea of what a Latina can look like. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you head over to my Instagram. It's under my IGTV because I'm answering some of my most frequently asked questions um, and most poignant questions about being an entrepreneur and a small business owner and how you can kind of do both. We've also uh, had blog content that has gone out on QuickBooks and there's more campaigns coming. Okay, look, just because I'm not on Instagram every day or just because I'm not posting every day or getting content out every day does not mean that I am not booked and busy, okay? Um, could I be more booked and busy? Of course. But also I think to myself, yeah, but Jamei, you're also trying to moderate your mental health and you're trying to make sure that you don't get back into a state of burnout and you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. Those are all very important things. And so I would just say that, you know, uh, be excited and happy with where you're at wherever that is in your journey um always challenge yourself for more but don't push yourself to the point where it's like where where you know you feel like oh my god like I need to be doing 10 times more because you can do 10 times more but you will also allow yourself to get 10 times the burnout and that is just not it also it's just been an interesting season of change and transition in my life uh which I will share a little bit more of soon but with that being said again that's just that boundary enforcement that I've had to put up um and also you know one of the things that I'm trying to talk to myself about a lot is like what it means to not just even be a business owner but what it means to be a boss a manager and a leader because all of those things are different right and I'm actually going to be uh, doing another podcast episode very soon talking about that. I have a post up on the site right now talking about leadership and some of the things that like people never taught me about leadership that I had to learn the easy and the hard way. And so if you are interested in that or if you're, you know, a first time manager, you have direct reports now or whatever, like feel free to check that out and also let me know some more thoughts that you have around it. But yeah, um, the the short answer of it is that you have to do what's best for the business. And sometimes that is not going to uh, make other people happy. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the business. And so yeah, those are my thoughts and feelings and whatnot. Um, some of you guys have asked me, did I miss Fashion Week? Not really. <laughs> not really. Um, it, I've I I think that there are so many great things about it and it looks beautiful and it looks glamorous on social, but it's actually very hectic for people who actually end up working it. Um, 
and that's not shade to anyone but there are a lot of people who just go to fashion week just to be seen and aren't actually doing anything or contributing to it in any way and uh that was just kind of never what I did so I always ended up working or doing something right whether it was working with a brand directly or indirectly so I don't really miss it as as much um it is nice and a really great feeling to get to see clothes come down the runway in real time but there's also a lot of issues around that right when we talk about accessibility and who gets to be there and how they get to see it and all of these different things that I honestly think are conversations that we need to continue to have until we really start to see some real change in the industry so um yeah you know I maybe by fall yeah me fall we're in fall Jamee um it's really weird to think that like we're already like closing in on October and then like the next set is scheduled to be in February um I am tentatively looking at being overseas or abroad for my birthday uh which is in February so I don't know maybe we'll see and plan if like we can make it kind of happen around when Milan or Paris Fashion Week or even London would be happening um no guarantees because I'm just gonna honestly just be trying to enjoy my birthday and have fun but with that being said you know we'll see how maybe next season or the season even after that depending on how the world is what that looks like and you know if I'll be in a rush to get back to shows but in the meantime it's been really good to just kind of be at home rest still get content up but also do other things right like while like instead of trying to go to five six shows I was actually at home but I was making money because I was doing campaigns that were actually gonna pay you know (laughs) so yeah those are my thoughts guys um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode I know some of you guys are kind of like very for like oh my god fashion and then some of you guys are like girl I do not care give me the entrepreneur um so I try to give you guys a little bit of both okay so again make sure you guys head over to the blondemisfit.com if you want to see the the um brands that we did highlight and we did cover uh there probably will be some more trickles trickle-ins that we do you know throughout the month just if there's anything amazing or stand out that we see. Also, make sure that you guys check out our content, especially around QuickBooks and our different campaigns on uh, Instagram at The Blonde Misfit. Hit me up in the DMs, you know, or send me an email or whatever if you always want to connect. And yeah, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Stay blessed, stay beautiful, stay black, but only if you're black. And most importantly, stay a misfit.